Trade deadline targets, that is going to be the name of the game on today's episode of Locked On New York. Rangers are going to be taking a look at a couple of different uh, players who could be on the move uh, around the NHL at or near the trade deadline this season and just kind of see if the Rangers uh, could do business with one of these teams and acquire one of these players. The three players we're going to discuss today, Timo Meyer, Jacob Chikrin, and Ryan O'Reilly. <laughs> Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 757 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And as I just mentioned... Timo Meyer, Jacob Chikrin, Ryan O'Reilly, at least possible, if not likely, that these three players are on the move at or near the deadline this season. And we're not going to waste any time. Let's just dive right into it here, talk about each of these players one by one, and discuss if the Rangers could or should uh, be in on one or possibly all of these players. I mean, they're not going to get all three, but you know what I mean. We'll, we'll see if the Rangers uh, might look to add uh, one of these guys at or near the deadline this season. And we begin with Timo Meyer, uh, a guy who I think is probably going to be Possibly the top guy as far as the trade market is concerned this season, as far as, you know, potential different suitors and just teams lining up and, and you know, throwing attributes and, and draft picks and prospects and whatever it might be to acquire Timo Meyer for a stretch run. And in some cases, some of these teams might be looking to extend Meyer. Uh, I don't think the Rangers would be one of those teams because of their salary cap situation, but they could still possibly be in on Meyer. The thing that I, I love about Meyer and the reason why I would love to see him on the Rangers, the guy is a bona fide sniper, you know, and that's something that the Rangers could really use. Right now, they're made up of a team of players that seem to be pass first, you know, playmakers, facilitators, call them whatever you want to call them. The bottom line is the Rangers don't have a lot of shoot first uh, players on their roster right now. Uh, as for Timo Meyer, he has played all seven seasons of his career with the Sharks. He went number nine overall back in the 2015 NHL draft. That was an amazing draft class, by the way. So if you have a chance to, you know, just look that up, check out the first round of the 2015 NHL draft class. It's pretty wild. And, you know, naturally the Rangers did not have a first round pick that season. But what can you do? You know, they, they probably moved that pick to, uh, you know, make themselves better and you got to do what you got to do. But yeah, to stay on point here, keep talking about Timo Meyer. Uh, you know, if, if we put something on the, on the side here, that being what it might cost to acquire Timo Meyer, like if I could just push a button, and any of the players that are going to be available at the trade deadline would just instantly be on the Rangers, uh, Timo Meyer would be my top choice. I, I just think he brings a lot of the things to the Rangers that they could really use right now, uh, some more physicality, some more grit, uh, that sniping ability, and uh, just a hard-nosed, you know, team-first kind of guy. I think that's pretty much been his MO uh, pretty much, uh, you know, for his career. And, you know, guys with that much skill and that much greenness, they don't grow on trees, and uh, he's going to help whichever team he goes to if the Sharks uh, do indeed end up trading him. Something else that's kind of nice is just the very simple fact that Meyer can play left wing as well as right wing. I think, though, for sure, you know, if he comes to the Rangers, 
I don't think he would play a single shift on the left wing because right now in the Rangers, they have Kreider, they have Panarin, they have Lafreniere on the left wing, not nearly as deep over on the right side. And you'd have to believe that Meyer would immediately slot into a top six role, uh, either on the first line or the second line at right wing. I feel like still the the long-term game here for the Rangers and the long-term plan, I feel like they will eventually go back to a top line from left to right of Kreider, uh, Mika, and Kako. That's not what they're doing right now, but I just get the feeling they'll eventually circle back to that. And uh, if the Rangers were to acquire Meyer, I think he'd be out there with uh, Panarin and with Trocek on the uh, on the second line there. And, and you know, Meyer, the sniper that he is, receiving passes from Artemi Panarin, uh, that could be a lot of fun. But to just kind of go through the basics as far as, you know, his contract situation and all that good stuff. Uh, so Meyer, right now, still just 26 years old. He is making $6 million this season. And then after the season, he will be a restricted free agent who is arbitration eligible. Uh, we'll talk more about how that affects everything in a second. Uh, but first, the stats for Timo Meyer, obviously putting together a really nice career for himself. 442 career regular season games, 150 goals, 161 points, uh, 300, 161 assists. I, I just invented a word there, a point. So let's try this again. 150 goals, 161 assists, 311 points. Uh, he's also got 233 block shots, uh, 766 hits, 269 giveaway, or takeaways, and 254 giveaways. He went to his first NHL All-Star game last season. Uh, he'd probably be back this year, if not for Eric Carlson, basically just setting the world on fire and having a, an incredible season. Um, obviously, every team sends at least one player to the All-Star game, and Carlson representing the Sharks. But as for this game, uh, Meyer's right around a point per game, which, again, impressive accomplishment given that he's on such a you know, let's just be honest here, a bad Sharks team. Uh, but anyway, Meyer has skated in 48 games, 27 goals, 20 assists. He is a minus 14. Uh, but again, the, the team that he plays on, um, you know, obviously has something to do with him having a poor uh, plus minus. For the most part in his career, um, you know, he, he's done okay in the plus minus department, although this will be four straight years with him as a minus. Uh, but the thing that coincides with that is, of course, the Sharks have uh, really fallen off in recent seasons and really struggled. So, uh, yeah, I mean, plus minus not a perfect stat and a lot of times indicative of the team that you play on more so than, uh, you know, the quality of the player. But as far as playoffs, he's he's been in a handful of playoff games, 35 to be exact, scored seven goals, picked up 13 assists. He has made it as far as the Western Conference Finals. He did that with the Sharks back in 2018-2019. Uh, they lost in six games to the Blues that year. The Blues then thankfully beat the Bruins in seven games. Uh, but Meyer has not been back to the playoffs in any of the past three seasons. And uh, we'll see if the Sharks end up trading him or not. But uh, if they do not trade him, he's not going to go back to the playoffs this year either. I think that's pretty safe to say. Um, but yeah, if I'm the Sharks, man, I'm, I'm fielding calls from everybody because you can get a lot of teams interested and uh, really demand a, uh, a King's Ransom for Timo Meyer. Uh, as far as where he fits, I, I talked about this briefly just a minute ago. I think uh, you'd probably see him start with the Panarin, Trocek, and uh, right now the Panarin, Trocek, Kravtsov line, although they juggled things in practice not too long ago. Bottom line, I think if they were to acquire Meyer, you'd probably see him out there uh, for starters with Panarin and with Trocek. He plays the right wing there, adds a bunch of grit to that line, uh, some size to that line. He's six feet tall, 210 pounds, and... Once again, you know, I just really like the idea of adding a sniper to this team, and Timo Meyer uh, certainly fits the bill there. And of course, I've uh, got his uh, some numbers to back this up here. Uh, when you look at his shots on goal over the last, I mean, pretty much his whole career, but it's pretty ridiculous. You know, last year with the Sharks, 
in 77 games, he had 326 shots on net. And uh, he's eclipsed the 200-shot total already this season, uh, 219 shots in 48 games uh, in descending order before last season, 155, uh, 199, 250, 210. So this guy, when he gets the puck, he is not afraid to let it rip. And as I mentioned, that's something that the Rangers could really use uh, at this point in their season and uh, certainly heading into the playoffs as well. You know, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the move that they made before the deadline last year when they brought in Frank Vetrano. And Vetrano did a really nice job. I think, you know, a lot of Ranger fans really warmed up to him in a short amount of time. And then, of course, he was on his way in free agency. But what Vetrano brought to the table was somebody with that shoot first mentality. And with all due respect to Frank Vetrano, who, again, uh, you know, popular player in the short time that he was here. Uh, Timo Meyer is basically an even better version of Frank Vetrano. you got to figure that, you know, Meyer will come in, and he's not afraid to shoot the puck on the Sharks. I have no doubts that he would be completely ready, willing, and able to shoot the puck on the Rangers, especially when he's getting feeds from guys like Artemi Panarin, guys like Adam Fox. You know, if he's on the Mika Zibanejad line, Mika's going to feed him some nice passes as well. Um, so, yeah, he'd come in and, and just start bombing the the puck at the net. I have no doubts about that. Something else that you could do um, as far as lineup options, if the Rangers were to acquire Timo Meyer, there have been some Ranger fans that have kind of been uh, campaigning for the team to go with Panarin, Heedle, and um, well, really, I mean, you could go with anybody on the right wing, but the bottom line, there's a lot of Ranger fans that would like to see Heedle with Panarin as opposed to Trocek with Panarin. I've been a little bit iffy about that. I don't think I would pull the trigger on a move like that. Part of the reason being, you know, Vincent Trocek is an excellent faceoff guy. And when you've got Artemi Panarin on the ice and you've got an offensive zone draw, you want to win that faceoff and go to work and uh, allow Artemi Panarin to just do what he does. If you've got Philip Heedle centering our, an Artemi Panarin line, you're going to be losing a lot of faceoffs. And as a result of that, you're not going to, you know, have possession. You're not going to have uh, Artemi Panarin with the puck for as much time in the offensive zone. So I don't know that I like that. But uh, one thing that Meyer could do uh, if he brought if he was brought in and you put him on the right wing there, you'd still have that issue as far as Hedl uh, not being able to win faceoffs at the rate that Trocek does. But if you went with Panarin and Hedl and Meyer, uh, one thing that Meyer does is give you a heck of a lot more grit on that line than somebody like, say, Vitaly Kravtsov is going to bring to the table. Uh, nothing against Kravtsov, but, you know, that's not exactly his game. Uh, Meyer will come in, throw his weight around, do some of the dirty work for that line, uh, dig pucks out of the corner, all the good stuff and uh, allow the Rangers to, you know, maintain possession in the offensive zone or whatever it might be. So I think I'd be a little bit more open to putting Heedle with Panarin if Timo Meyer is your right winger. That's kind of uh, the the long and short of the, the entire situation there. I think that would be an excellent fit. I don't know, though. I, I think even if they got Meyer, I'd probably still leave Trocek there and just see what that trio uh, can do together. Something else that makes this a little bit complicated, though. So... The Sharks aren't really under any serious obligation to trade Timo Meyer. Um, you know, at first glance, you look at them and you say, oh, well, you know, it's a rebuilding team, and Timo Meyer can obviously get them a lot of assets, you know, draft picks, prospects, whatever it might be. By that same token, you know, Timo Meyer is only 26 years old, and if you're the Sharks, you know, you could potentially reach some kind of a long-term extension with Meyer before the deadline. You know, think back to the uh, Chris Kreider situation from, from a few years ago. Kreider was in the last year of his deal. He's getting close to the deadline. Rangers had to either trade or extend him because they weren't going to make the playoffs that year. So you couldn't afford to lose Chris Kreider for nothing. They hammered out an extension. And my logic then, why I thought it was a good move, is, I mean, you have to have somebody. Rebuilding is great and everything, but you got
got to have a couple of vets in there, a couple of guys who know what they're doing. You got to be able to fill out your lineup. And I, I think it's kind of a similar situation with the Sharks. And for them, it could make even more sense to hang on to Timo Meyer than it made for the Rangers to hang on to Kreider. And again, I'm really happy that Kreider's still here. But with the Sharks, I mean, Meyer's two years younger than Kreider was at that time. Kreider was 28, Meyer's 26. Um, so it could make sense for them if, if they can come to, you know, some kind of an agreement with Meyer on length and dollars, then maybe you keep him around as uh, kind of the centerpiece of the rebuild and uh, kind of a, a veteran leader. Not that 26 is that old, but uh, for rebuilding teams, sometimes that is, you know, a little bit on the older side. Um, something else of note here. So I'm, I'm trying to get a feel for, you know, with Timo Meyer, what are the odds that he gets traded? What are the odds that, you know, maybe he agrees to some kind of an extension or may they hammer out an extension in the offseason? So, you know, I uh, sent a message to J.D. Young from Locked on Sharks, and he does an awesome job with his show. Uh, we've done a couple of crossovers with J.D. in the past. Sure, we'll do a couple in the future as well. Uh, J.D. put it at 60-40. 60% that Timo Meyer gets traded before the deadline this season, 40% that he does not. So it, if you go by what J.D. says, and of course he's plugged into the Sharks and he knows his stuff, uh, seems a little bit more likely than not um, that Timo Meyer gets traded uh, before the deadline rolls around this season. Um the other thing, though, that, that makes this difficult uh, for the Rangers is, once again, he is going to be a highly coveted player, and I just don't know how likely it is that the Rangers would pay a King's ransom for Timo Meyer, bring him in, and then probably you know have to trade him in the offseason because he's a pending RFA, and I just don't think the Rangers would be able to uh, afford him because they've got a cap crunch, they've got their own RFAs that they need to re-sign. Um, and according to an article here, and you know with RFAs, it can always get a little bit uh, confusing from time to time. Uh, but according to an article from The Athletic, so Timo Meyer, $6 million cap hit, but he's receiving uh, $10 million in actual cash. So that's the number the Sharks would have to issue him in a qualifying offer. So Timo Meyer at $10 million a season. Yeah, I, I don't think that's going to happen uh, for the New York Rangers. But um, I guess, you know, the, the one thing you could do, and people have floated this idea as well, you bring in Timo Meyer this season if you're the Rangers, then you turn around and trade him away in the offseason. That could work, um, but I don't know. You know, it just seems complicated. One thing that I've also seen is that Timo Meyer uh, prefers to be traded to a team where he can sign an extension. Although, saying that out loud, the Sharks are under no obligation to grant him his wish. It'd be a nice thing for them to do. But if you're the Sharks, I mean, Meyer doesn't have a no-move clause of any kind. So uh, they can send him anywhere and get the best possible return that they can get. And, um, you know, Meyer, I mean, he'd be with whatever team they trade him to. He doesn't really uh, get a say in the Meyer, so say in the matter. So, yeah, I mean, Timo Meyer is certainly an intriguing player. Uh, I hope the Rangers do their due diligence. I've heard that the Devils are interested in him as well. Uh, which the Sharks have to love that. They can pit two rivals against each other. Um, but yeah, here's hoping that you know, the Rangers, uh, once again, they're at least in on it. And if they feel like it's time to go all in, if they go on a run, you know, heading into the trade deadline this season, then maybe just maybe they pull the trigger and uh, they give the Sharks whatever they need uh, for Timo Meyer. But we will see. Only time will tell there. But Timo Meyer, fantastic all-around player. Uh, it would certainly be a lot of fun to see him on the Rangers. I just don't know if... Uh, you know, the price is going to be right for the Rangers, which is, you know, somewhat understandable. Uh, we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. Definitely want to talk about also Jacob Chikrin, as well as Ryan O'Reilly uh, on today's episode here. Just do deep dives on each of those players, and we will do that in just a second. But first, just want to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. The NFL playoffs are here. 
We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. New customers, join today to get started with $150 in free bets, guaranteed, when you place your first $5 bet. Just sign up at FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. Plus, you can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same game parlay. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So football fans, do not miss out. Place your first $5 bet to get $150 in free bets, win or lose, at FanDuel.com slash Locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, we just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm going to keep everything rolling here with Jacob Chikrin, you know, somebody who's, I swear this guy's been on the trade block like ever since he came into the NHL. And of course, the Rangers, one of several teams that Seem to be connected to him, you know, at least from time to time. I know there's a lot of big fans of Jacob Chikrin. Chikrin, you know, big defenseman for the Coyotes, six foot two, two hundred and eleven pounds. He has spent all seven seasons of his career with the Coyotes. Debuted at age 18 back in 2016-2017. Uh, he has skated in 368 games, 58 goals, 108 assists, uh, minus 41 for his career. Uh, again, that has something to do with the fact that he's on a very bad team. Uh, 547 block shots, 484 hits, average 2101 of ice time per night. Also finished 10th in the Norris voting back in 2020-2021. And this year, one of his best seasons to date, 31 games, uh, 5 goals, 19 assists, 24 points in 31 games. He's a plus 5, uh, 5 points on the power play. And I'm going to explain why I mentioned that in just a second. That's going to be important. We're going to circle around back to that in just a second. But... As far as playoff stats and playoff experience, not much. He's only been to the playoffs once. That was during the COVID season. Uh, nine games, one goal, and no assists. One thing I'll say uh, in support of the idea of bringing in Jacob Chikrin, and a little bit of a spoiler here, I'm not as into Jacob Chikrin and the idea of the Rangers uh, trading for him as certain other fans seem to be. One thing I love, though, is he'd be with Braden Schneider. Schneider has had a revolving door of defense partners, uh, ever since he debuted in the middle of last season. And he's done an awesome job no matter who he's been paired with. But this is going to be his best defense partner that he's ever had if the Rangers bring in Jacob Chikrin. And it'd be very interesting to see uh, what Braden Schneider could do with somebody of Chikrin's uh, caliber. You know, I realize, you know, Schneider's been out there with Ke'Andre Miller from time to time when uh, Schneider and Truba flip-flop, but that was not like, really a permanent thing. So can't really count Miller. Uh, bottom line, Schneider's played with a lot of different defense partners, and uh, Chikrin would be the best if you're not counting Ke'Andre Miller. But honestly, over these past couple of years, whenever Chikrin's been on the, the trade block, and certainly last season, I've always been lukewarm at best to the idea of the Rangers acquiring him. And couple of different reasons. I'm going to explain why uh, that is right now. Chikrin, no disrespect. Very good defenseman. Uh, obviously, one of the few bright spots for the Coyotes over the last handful of seasons here. But the way some people talk about him, I mean, you would think he's prime Brian Leach, and he's not. I mean, he's good all-around player, uh, has some offense to his game, good two-way defenseman. Um, but I feel like he's somebody that if he was to get traded, whether it's the Rangers that acquire him or anybody else, 
I feel like there could be something of an overpayment by the team that acquires him. And that's especially true when you look at the fact that I think most players, um, they're going to be available at the deadline this season, are forwards. So not only is this somebody who I think is at least just a little bit overrated, but there's not that many you know, bonafide top-notch defensemen that are going to be available this season. And I'm just going by memory here. I don't have like a list of the top trade candidates in front of me or anything like that. But it seems like uh, forwards more so than defensemen will be available at the deadline this season. That could result in a team really overpaying for Chikrin, and I just don't want that to be the Rangers. I don't want that to be the Rangers because they're loaded at defensemen. I mean, think about it. Their top five guys are going to be in the lineup night in and night out. Uh, They're all under contract. You know, Miller is a uh, pending RFA, but you got to figure the Rangers will do what they have to do to, you know, hang on to him. And, I mean, hopefully Miller's here for a long time, but Fox, Lindgren, Truba, Miller, Schneider, that's as good as any top five defenseman in hockey. So if you pick up Chikrin in a trade, I mean, it's nice. He would be an upgrade on Ben Harper, who's done a nice job as the sixth defenseman, but Chikrin would be an up- upgrade there. But if you're the Rangers, ask yourself this. Is it really worth it to break the bank to bring in Jacob Chikrin, who would only be your fifth or sixth defenseman, third pairing? He'd certainly be out there with Braden Schneider, and he wouldn't you know, take over uh, for anybody in the top four. Is it worth doing that and throwing all these draft picks and, and prospects and whatever else at the Coyotes just to bring in somebody to play on your third pairing. It'd be a luxury to have that many good defensemen, but it's not a necessity. What the Rangers really need is probably right winger, but certainly forward over defensemen. So for all those reasons, I, I can't justify breaking the bank for Jacob Chikrin. You know, I, I saw uh, an article not too long ago that said that the Coyotes were looking to for two first-round picks in exchange for Jacob Chikrin. Forget it. There's no way I'm paying that much for him if I'm GM uh, of the New York Rangers. For other teams, maybe it makes some sense. Maybe there's some uh, good contending teams out there where instead of, like with the Rangers, you know, the Rangers' weakness is right wing. Maybe there's some contending teams out there where their uh, weakness is defenseman, and he would immediately come in and play on the top pairing. That's entirely possible, but that's not the Rangers. That's not the situation that the Rangers are in. Something else to consider here. Uh, So Chikrin is under contract for two more years after this one at $4.6 million per season. He will then be a UFA. Um, the Rangers can't afford that. They, they can't afford that. There's no way. Um, if you bring in Jacob Chikrin, I mean, they're already facing some really difficult decisions in terms of what they may have to do. I've thrown around uh, the idea of them potentially trading Barclay Goodrow, which is not something I'm really looking forward to, but it might be necessary to free up some cap space. If you bring in Chikrin at $4.6 million per season, you're creating even more issues for me. Now, of course, you could do something uh, similar to what I just discussed with Timo Meyer. You could bring him in for the rest of this season and then trade him in the offseason. The only risk you run there, whether it's Meyer or whether it's Chikrin, is if we can figure out that the Rangers would have to trade one of those players after this season ends, and believe me, other GMs around the league can figure that out too. And the Rangers might not be able to get uh, as much as they should be able to get for a player like Meyer, a player like Chikrin, just because other GMs are aware of the fact that the Rangers absolutely uh, have to trade them due to their salary cap situation. I mentioned a second ago that we were going to circle back to uh, Jacob Chikrin and uh, his power play prowess. That's one of the bigger things that he brings to the table. Um, you know, so far this season in his career, let's go to his career numbers, uh, 20 power play goals, 22 power play assists, and he is currently on Arizona's top power play unit. The Rangers wouldn't even use him on the power play. So, you know, you're bringing somebody who has put together a nice career for himself, but one of his chief assets, that being the work that he can give you on the power play, would completely go to waste if he was on the New York Rangers because there's no way he'd be on the top unit. I mean, let's just get that out of the way. The Rangers are not going to change their uh, top unit under any circumstances, seemingly. 
Uh, it's going to be the same five players from now until the end of time. Uh, despite, you know, obviously shuffling the deck as far as line combinations are concerned, they don't do the same thing when it comes to the power play unit. So Chikorin will not sniff uh, the Ranger top power play unit. I feel confident in saying that. Second unit, I mean, who are you going to take off of there? You know, you want Ke'Andre Miller there because, you know, he's come into his own offensively this season. Uh, Jacob Truba, they like him on the second power play unit. So that's two defensemen. And then you usually have, you know, the kids as the uh, the three forwards on that second unit. So I don't think Chickering would play at all on the second power play unit. I don't think he should play at all on the second power play unit. I mean, I guess what you could do is maybe take Truba off of the second power play unit and and put Chickering there. But then either Chickering or Miller is going to have to switch sides of the ice. So, I mean, it could be done, but it's not an ideal fit. And there's other teams that, you know, when they look to acquire Jacob Chickering, they're going to go all in and they're going to, you know, give the Coyotes a big return package for him, due in part to the fact that he can help them on their power play. If the Rangers acquire Chikrin, they're not even going to use him on their power play. So to me, again, it's just not worth pushing all your chips in and trading all these assets away to get somebody like Jacob Chikrin when you can uh, just as easily trade a lot of assets to get uh, something more important, namely a right winger or maybe a center. Um, the other thing I'll just mention here, you know, I'm sure there's some people that would like the Rangers to add a defenseman at the uh, deadline, and I hear you, but I think the thing to do here, once again, your your big game hunting if you're the Rangers is for a right winger or maybe a center. If you want to add a defenseman, that's fine, but bring in somebody like Justin Braun, uh, which who the Rangers brought in last season. Bring in like a veteran, steady pair of hands, somebody that can play on the third pairing, somebody that might be a little bit of an upgrade on Ben Harper, uh, at least provide some competition to Ben Harper and give you a little bit more depth for the playoffs. Because, you know, you go into the playoffs, there's no guarantee for any team that, you know, all six defensemen are going to play every single game. I don't know that the Rangers want to throw Hayek or Jones into a playoff game right now. So it would be nice to add a veteran defenseman. But give me a Justin Braun type, maybe even Justin Braun himself. Maybe the Rangers could trade for him for a second straight season. Give me somebody like that at a much lower price than somebody like Jacob Chikrin. It's just not worth it. The Rangers don't need to be paying out the you-know-what for somebody that would come in and be their fifth defenseman at best and not even play on the power play, which once again is one of his uh, chief attributes. So that's my piece on Jacob Chikrin. It's no disrespect to him. I, I just don't think that should be the all-in move uh, for the New York Rangers. It's just not necessary. Uh, but we got one more player that we want to discuss today. That is going to be Ryan O'Reilly, and we will get to him in just a second. Okay, so Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, we previously talked about Vladimir Tarasenko in episode 252. Obviously, he's a teammate of Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, we also talked about Patrick Kane and Bo Horvat in that episode. So if you want my thoughts on any of those players, definitely go check out episode 752. Should be pretty easy to find. Uh, but it's time to talk about uh, Tarasenko's teammate. That would be Ryan O'Reilly, uh, center and captain of the St. Louis Blues. Just a great all-around two-way center. Somebody that would give the Rangers a heck of a lot more depth at the position. Uh, somebody that just brings a little bit of everything to the table. And as you guys, uh, long-term listeners will know, I just tend to really like players like that. It's another reason why, you know, I was so high on Vincent Trocek and the idea of the Rangers possibly uh, bring him in via free agency, which they ultimately did. Um, but as for O'Reilly, won the Selkie Trophy back in 2019. That's also the same year that uh, he captained, or no, he wasn't the captain yet, but he was a big part of the St. Louis Blues team uh, that won the Stanley Cup that season. Uh, he was named captain the following season. 
won the Lady Bing in 2014, three-time All-Star in 2016, 2019, and 2020. Also won the Conn Smythe Trophy during the 2019 uh, championship run for the St. Louis Blues. Uh, one thing that I want to kind of get out of the way here first is it is worth noting that O'Reilly is having a little bit of a tough season, a little bit of a down season by his standards. Uh, first of all, right now he has a broken foot. And, uh, you know, we'll talk about that in a second. He will be back before the trade deadline, so hopefully he can get back out there and get back into the swing of things and the Rangers can see him back in action before they uh, pull the trigger on any potential trade with the Blues for Ryan O'Reilly. Uh, beyond the injury, though, 37 games for O'Reilly, 10 goals, 6 assists, so just 16 points in 37 games, uh, just 2 points on the power play, and uh, he's someone who usually contributes on the man advantage. I think if the Rangers acquired him, Maybe he would be on the second unit. I, I think they'd at least give him a look there. Um, but he's also a uh, minus 28 for the season and averaging 18.26 of ice time. He's 153.4% of his face-offs, which is very good. Uh, but it's actually his lowest success rate since 2013-2014. He's also got 18 block shots, 13 hits, 32 takeaways, only 7 giveaways. The silver lining between... Uh, O'Reilly's injury and the fact that, you know, his numbers are pretty much down across the board is that it does represent a little bit of a buy low opportunity for the New York Rangers. You might be able to get Ryan O'Reilly a little bit cheaper than some of the other players that we've already discussed, both in this episode and in our recent episode. Uh, so for that reason alone, it might be worth a look if you're Chris Drury, you know, to just bring him in for a relatively inexpensive return package, you know, not breaking the bank for him. All you would really need Ryan O'Reilly to do is probably just to center the third line. You know, I don't think he would leapfrog Vincent Trocek. I get the feeling that they would put him at the third line. And something else that that does that would really help the Rangers is it would move Filipino presumably to right wing. And we've discussed this on the past in this show, not so much recently because I've kind of just given up on it. But I do like the idea of Filipino at right wing more so than center. I just think that you know, his his style and his game is more tailor-made for the wing than it is for center. Uh, he can't win a face-off to save his life. And I, I like Filipino, and obviously he's having a nice season for himself. Um, but Ryan O'Reilly, a lot more prof proficient on the dot than is Filipino. And, you know, O'Reilly just gives you, you know, more depth, um, more production out of your bottom six. And a uh, heck of a linemate for Filipino if they end up being linemates uh, at some point. And as far as, you know, Ryan O'Reilly, so the injury— uh, broken foot, as of January 2nd, uh, he was expected to be out a minimum of six weeks. The trade deadline is the beginning of March, March 3rd. So in a perfect world, he'll be, he'll be back in the middle of February. Hopefully he gets into a couple of games with the Blues and the Rangers can make sure he's okay and whoever else is interested can make sure he's okay. It's a little bit of a tricky situation. Um, but you know, I, I do think it's worth a roll of a dice because he's only 31 years old. It's not like his struggles this season are the result of, uh, you know, him being over the hill and, you know, he's just a, a grizzled veteran who's out of, uh, out of gas. He's only 31. And I think this is just one of those years where, you know, he just hasn't been able to get his season off the ground between the struggles that the St. Louis Blues have had and also this injury that's happened recently, just one of those seasons. But I think a change of scenery could certainly do him some good. Obviously, he'd be surrounded by more talent on the Rangers uh, seemingly than the Blues have right now. But as for his career, I mean, like I said, heck of a career for himself. 975 games. Uh, he has played for the Avalanche, the Sabres, and the Blues. 250 goals in those 975 games. 438 assists. He's a minus 11 Average 1938 of ice time, 
55.7% success rate on the faceoff circle, 535 block shots, 403 hits, uh, 915 takeaways against only 363 giveaways. So like I said, I mean, you can tell just from the stat line there, this is somebody who truly gives you a little bit of everything, uh, somebody who has played the most of his career, as far as I can tell, in the in the top six. I mean, certainly with the Blues, that's been the case. And like I said, if you're the Rangers, you acquire this guy, you get him for a little bit less than perhaps you should be able to, and then you plug him into the third line. All you need him to do is just be a solid, reliable, dependable third line center, which I think he would be. And you know, the more I talk about Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, he's, he's kind of climbing the list here as far as uh, guys that I would be interested in. It doesn't come without some risk, because like I said, his numbers are down a little bit. And of course, you know, he's got this injury right now, but if he comes back and he shows okay for himself and he's over the injury and uh, he has a couple of good games at the Blues, uh, I think the Rangers should uh, at least take a look here because it, it would do a lot of good things uh, for the Rangers. Uh, one of them, of course, being moving Filipino to the wing, gives you some leadership, gives you, some, gives you excuse me, gives you some leadership, gives you some grit, and also gives you another uh, you know, former Stanley Cup winner on this team. So he would join uh, Barclay Goodrow and also Sammy Blay, his former teammate. Uh, assuming Sammy Blay is still here at that time, uh, we shall see there. One thing that makes this a little complicated, though, is that uh, the Blues, unlike some of these other teams that I've talked about, are still in the playoff race. Uh, right now they have 49 points. They are four points behind both the Avalanche and the Flames, and those two teams are tied uh, for the final wildcard spot. So, uh, they have a chance to get back into it, although, you know, they're dealing with injuries to O'Reilly himself and also Tarasenko, so wouldn't be too much of a surprise to see the Blues kind of fade out of the playoff picture and maybe look to be sellers uh, this season. Something else that O'Reilly has going for him, if you're the Rangers, he is a UFA after this season, and I think the Rangers, everything else being equal, they're going to look to do what they did last season. Everybody they brought in was a pending UFA, and every single one of those players uh, moved on in free agency once the season was over. And I get the feeling that if the Rangers brought in O'Reilly, it would strictly be as a rental. I don't think they'd be able to afford him you know, long-term, uh, but for a stretch run and hopefully a playoff run, I, I think O'Reilly could really be a nice fit uh, for this New York Ranger team. As I mentioned, he's not going to be as costly as some of the other players will be at the trade deadline. So yeah, man, the more I'm talking about Ryan O'Reilly, the more I'm kind of talking myself into it here. I, I've just... Always really respected him, really like his game. Just one of those good all-around players. And uh, I think he would fit in great with a contending team and possibly be reinvigorated by you know, going to a team like the Rangers and getting the chance to play with some very talented players. But, you know, I think we could pretty much call it there today. The only other thing I want to mention is that Johnny Brodzinski, we talked about him in our last episode. Uh, he has subsequently cleared waivers. He's back with the Hartford Wolfpack. His first game with the Pack, uh, he scored a goal just 251 into the action, gave them a one to nothing lead. The Rangers went on to win that game 4-3 to in overtime. Uh, they got goals from Ty Emerson. They got a game-tying goal in the third period from Ryan Carpenter and then an overtime winner from Will Cooley. So uh, we'll see if, uh, hey, maybe Will Cooley is a call-up late in the season. Uh, certainly an option that could be on the table for the Rangers. But that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is LockedOnNYRangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.